Cool. Okay. Uh, welcome back to the Prodigy podcast. My name is Hassan, and uh, today on the podcast um, we have George Stevens. Um, George, if you uh, if we saw if you looked at my Instagram, um, you would see that George kind of is the nightmare that most adults have when they start jujitsu. Is the teenager that has been doing it forever, and the teenagers didn't stop him doing jujitsu. <laughs> Um, so, uh, welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thanks. Um, so as a, as a kind of first question, I think, uh, one of the most fascinating things to me is how, as you mature, because everyone's jujitsu matures, and I'm sure that you found that, um, you know, obviously you develop different, um, games and you also develop, kind of a, a, a more mature understanding of yeah. jiu-jitsu in general but how how has someone who's grown up with doing bjj for essentially most of your life if i'm correct in saying that um over at least over half of your life yeah um, yeah how how was that how have you found that you've kind of how has maturing as a person as well as maturing with your jujitsu how has those kind of two worlds combined well um for one i've been with adults pretty much the whole time so i've been forced to grow up physically and of course uh, mentally because i've i've not had as many kids to train with so i've i've always been beaten up so i had to toughen up a lot quickly so I felt like that made my jiu-jitsu um, excel because training with adults, you either had to stop because, oh, I don't like that, they're smashing me, or it's just toughen up and get better. That's what I did. Yeah, and um, I mean, when it comes to, was there, uh, did you find that when you then went to compete um, in the kids and the teens categories um, that, I mean, it's a bit. I guess there are positives and negatives to that. I mean, it's it's when you you talk to female athletes and they say that, um, you know, there are positives and negatives to training without females in their own gym. You know, you you can't imitate the flexibility or the kind of maneuverability of someone who kind of corresponds to the same size. But then you do have the benefit of well, you know that you can't outstrength anyone in your own gym. Yeah, it was nice um, going against – when I did actually get to go against kids, it was like, oh, wow, they're not outweighing me by 20, 20 to 50 <laughs> pounds or they're not out-muscling me with everything. So that definitely was a plus. But um, the thing is, though, at, like, the green belt level, the kids are just insane. Like, um, I, mean, I remember my first green belt tournament. It was – well, not my first green belt tournament. My first IBJJF I ever did, I mm-hmm. just got my green belt. And um, the kid, it was two kids in my bracket, um, an orange belt and a green belt. But the green belt was from Brazil and I've been doing it like 10 to 10, 13 years or whatever. So um, he absolutely destroyed me. And that made me realize that these kids, some of these kids are insane. I mean, that's and that's you saying that as someone who's trained, what is it, you've trained 10 years? Longer than uh, that. Jiu-jitsu about 10. I, um, it's a bit complicated because I started with MMA when I was seven. But um, yeah, about seven. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into that. So how, 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 how did you get introduced to jiu-jitsu? So, of course, I was born in the UK. Um, then we, I moved to America when I was four. Um, and the, all the um, like football, soccer, baseball, all that, basketball never interested me. So I started out with Taekwondo when I was like five. Um, I got my black belt in that. Um, and then we, some of our friends from the Taekwondo gym, they found a MMA type gym probably about 10 minutes away. So we were getting a bit bored of the Taekwondo because, you know, everyone knows Taekwondo, karate, you know, <laughs> don't have to go into that. <laughs> um, so we went to that MMA gym. And I think I was seven or eight when I started there. And for the kids program they had there, it was, it depending on each day, it was a different martial art for the kids. So okay. I, uh, each day in the week was always either Muay Thai, um, 
a thing called Filipino Kali, which is like stick fighting. Um, Jiu-Jitsu was one of them. And then uh, Wing Chun was like trap fighting, uh, JKD similar. Mm-hmm. But Saturday was always Jiu-Jitsu, and that was always my favorite day to do. I was, I was always looking forward to Saturday because I got to do the grappling. So that's how I decided that Jiu-Jitsu, of course, was my favorite. And then during this time at this MMA gym, I broke my wrist. Um, because I, of course, have fragile wrists, apparently. I've broken it twice. So is I that, figured is that, out... Is that always just been a thing? No, I broke my right wrist when I was like 10. I broke the scaphoid, okay. the, the hardest uh, bone to break in your wrist, apparently. <laughs> um, so if you're going to do it, do it properly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did that. Oh, I missed out a detail. A, gi- a jiu-jitsu gym opened up behind my MMA gym. Oh, um, okay. And when I broke my wrist, I was doing, before I broke my wrist, I was doing both. I was training at both gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was out with my broken wrist, I realized that I missed jiu-jitsu more than MMA. I didn't want to go back to MMA. So when I recovered my um, from my wrist, I went just jiu-jitsu. And it all started from there. And and I mean, from a, from a kid's perspective as well, I, I guess, I mean... I don't know the structure of how the MMA class was, but there's, I guess there, there's more to play with in terms of um, training jujitsu as a kid. Or, I mean, I guess you can, you can do pretty much everything bar spar hard and you don't have to spar hard for MMA, but I guess you don't want kids to have, you know, taking head trauma too early. So yeah. like, I, I get. I guess in terms of how many classes you can get in a week, I'm sure the jujitsu has his uh, pluses oh, as well. Definitely, in training with adults as a kid, in jujitsu is way easier than training Muay Thai with an adult because <laughs> it just doesn't work. I mean, it's hard to punch someone who's over a foot taller than you. <laughs> that and you don't. It's hard to get punched by someone who's a foot taller than you. <laughs> so, so you started tr- uh, training jujitsu in the states. And uh, yep. recently, you've now moved back to the UK. Yes, I moved back about three weeks ago. And uh, I mean, what a time to move back to the UK anyway. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> and was there any, because uh, have you trained in the UK before? Um, no, before you I moved? haven't actually. Because when I, last time we came back was five, six years ago. So I wasn't mm-hmm. really um super interested well i mean i was doing it but i wasn't like oh jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu um so i wasn't like oh i don't care about not training for two weeks i'll just get fat and eat all the food i can <laughs> while i'm here and not to do anything so i just didn't i didn't think about training when i came back last so mm-hmm. i haven't trained in the uk yet or just once so far yeah and i mean what is there is, is there any kind of how was because as you know some uh someone who's only trained in the uk as their kind of full-time rather than just training on holidays um like you have a view of like the american well not all there's not one system of jujitsu in america but like training overseas in the states um and training in other countries what how is it on the flip side when people talk about jujitsu in the uk in the states um well i've come to find that of course since america is so massive there's so many different styles and teachers out there that you can literally get whatever you want just by googling like oh i want this style of jiu-jitsu oh that guy's 10 minutes down the road or that guy's an hour away or that girl's an hour away you just have to you just have to figure out what you want and you can literally mm-hmm. go find it wherever you want i think i think with the uk it's a bit smaller concentrate so i feel like you get i don't know because i've only trained once and i've been checking out some of the people in the area they definitely seem top level which i'm excited to train with but um, the thing I uh, the thing I'm gonna miss about America is definitely the variety of training. Yeah, I mean that there's it seems to be uh, a bit more kind of uh, an ed- from a perspective of people who are just generalists or just kind of hobbyists and not maybe kind of addicted competitors like yourself. Um, it's it's definitely uh seems more widespread just for people who kind of do it as a as a fun hobby 
um, in the States rather than over here. I mean, it is tr- it is working its way there and there are definitely more people um, picking it up. But uh, I wonder if there's more on the, in terms of the ratio of like people who just kind of do it for fun and people who maybe compete on a regular basis, what the ratios, how those level up, how those uh, change from country to country. Um, so my gym, I was um, part of Alliance in America. Um, I'm sure everybody's heard of that. So the pretty much the biggest team in the world, 12-time world champions. Um, my gym was not exactly a, a massive affiliate. It was probably a smaller, smaller one. Mm-hmm. But um, before I was ending up moving, some of our night classes, they were, I think the most people we had in, it was just a beginner intermediate class, which was just drilling. It was like um, 35 people, I think, was on the mat. And that's just mostly white belts. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be hard strong. There's a probably uh, only maybe a handful of gyms in the UK that have that many classes, just white belts, let alone the rest of the gym. Yeah, and there was multiple classes to choose from as well. And Sorry, there... my... go away, dog. <laughs> My dog just jumped on me. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, find, we're finding that pets in uh, on this podcast are becoming more and more of a, like, get their guest starring a lot more. He just wanted to steal my fame. <laughs> so uh, now, now that obviously you've managed to get one training session in so far, um, are there things that you're looking forward to? Is there particular things that you're kind of, you're interested in finding out in terms of training over here? Um, I just hope I can match the training that I had in America. That's my own ultimate goal, which I think I found at Stealth. I will be able to for sure. Um, and 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 in terms of competing, then um, obviously you ha- you haven't had a chance to compete over here just yet. But um, have you kind of are you aware of the kind of the the competitions that are in your area or kind of in and around the UK? Um. Well, in while well, I was before I knew I had to move back, one of my goals was, or one of my dreams was to do the London Open or the British Nationals. But um, I definitely want to do that now, and of course, I want to do Europeans. But um, I, I'm not sure, like what tournament. Like in America, I knew all the tournament um, brands, as you could say. Uh, is yeah. it brands? Would you say? Yeah, I guess like yeah, companies. companies brands, yeah. yeah. So I knew who was doing tournaments and then i could just google when there's some and then i can go sign up and do it now i'm i don't know which companies do tournaments here except ibjf yeah but grappling industries do you have do you have yeah those i've done a few of them yeah i've i wasn't that impressed with them no, no is I it the format that you're not yeah playing? i i didn't like um they didn't they had the the rule set i didn't didn't particularly take to it Okay. And uh, in terms of, I mean, uh, your Instagram handle says it all, George Likes Ski. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I I, I mean, it's, I'm not even going to ask if you have a preference, but is it something that you, uh, I know it's kind of, you know, it's, I I don't like the question in looking forward, especially when you're asking people who have a younger age, because it's like, well, it's hard to guess. But in terms of kind of things or hopes that you'd like, is it predominantly gi-based jiu-jitsu that you want to compete in? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I feel like no gi over here is more popular. Yeah, I'll I'll I think I'm going to get into no gi over here. Sadly, <laughs> it's just you just have to expand your horizons in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, there definitely seems to be a rise. Although, I think um, saying that you're finding that in the UK, those gi athletes who really stand out is because they they bring the maybe the element of uh, fast pace or excitement action to gi jiu-jitsu that people more so associate with no gi. I think. Yeah. Um, if, if you pe- look at people like Jeff Lawson, if you've heard of him, if not, I highly recommend you checking him out. Um, uh, who've competed on pal- shows like Polaris. I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like some of the, I mean, it's like, 
it's great to have a highlight reel finish, obviously, but um, it's people who bring that kind of action to gi jiu-jitsu who seem to be, uh, who still seem to show that actually, you know, either or can be exciting. It's just dependent on the competitor. I definitely feel like my game is a very exciting game to watch. I'm one of those people that doesn't stop. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, um, uh, if you just kind of check out some of your fights on YouTube and some of the stuff that you've put on social media, you definitely, I think staying active is not even the word for it. It's, I think it's, it's not slowing down, um, um, irregardless of what your opponent tries to do. Um, not slowing down seems to be, um, one of the biggest, uh, the easiest way to describe your game. Um, how would you describe it? Uh, definitely what you just said, um, not slowing down. Um, cause of course being young, I have good cardio. So, that I definitely use that to my advantage, but or with adults that's easier. But with kids, they have the same thing as they have the same cardio, so of course, um, they can match that. But I mm-hmm. like to just keep the pressure on, don't let up, always attacking for submissions. And has that been something that you've you've always enjoyed, or is something that you found that you've developed over the years? I've always been a submission hunter, but I wasn't always good at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely um when i i didn't start at alliance i started at a gracie gym um mm-hmm. my coach hoffa alliance definitely big credit to him he developed my game incredibly he actually just won nogi pans two weeks ago or whatever um s- super sad i couldn't be there to do it with him but yeah I, it, it must it must be a little frustrating knowing that kind of competitions are continuing over uh kind of back home if you will yeah um and uh things are a little bit stalled over here yeah it's sad definitely <laughs> well hopefully i mean i i think there's a if kind of the i don't know how many thousand people um that dotted around the uk who trade jiu-jitsu but it's like this kind of collective want to beat each other up yeah i can't wait to get back training Hopefully tomorrow I can go train because the gym's open. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in terms of kind of going back to your style, is there anything now that you're uh, particularly keen on doing or improving or kind of or something that you want to flesh out maybe before you start competing again? Footlocks. Footlocks, yeah. My footlock game is um, not great, to say the least. (laughs) Well, it's, it's something that, has kind of risen in popularity and i found that in the uk especially there seems to be a more onus on it at the higher level just because um not not that everyone here um or not that everyone at the top tier um has footlock or leglock predominant predominant games but they seem to it seems to be that the quality and the level of understanding there is quite high across the board it's one of those things that people have had to kind of learn to either be able to defeat or get past or just have improved their own game and own understanding of it so that they can do themselves yeah i used to have a, a very big hatred towards footlocks <laughs> but um i started doing a bit more nogi like right before i left um, I was starting to enjoy a bit more, so I was getting into the footlocks. My defenses are better than my offenses, which is good in a way. Um, my I feel like my entries for footlocks are good, just my finishes are a bit lacking. That's that's the. I'm thing sure there's, I feel like there's I plenty of people. There's plenty of people uh, at stealth alone, um, and just kind of wider as well that. Uh, uh, are definitely going to be able to help help you to that. Yes, um, um, definitely. And so, kind of going back to, kind of generally, um, kind of you you training in jujitsu and training with adults and things like that. Um, what I found interesting is that all your training was with adults, but then as you've kind of competed, has so have you always entered competitions as teens and kids or have you compete already competed or 
had been competing against adults for a fair bit. Yeah, so my parents always put me up, even um, they always pushed me to go to the next bracket or the next weight division, next age division. Um, mm-hmm. So the first time I went against adults, uh, I think, two, how long have I had my, two years, two or three years ago, I just got my green and black belt literally that week. Um, mm-hmm. we know, so there's a tournament company in America called New Breed. They're quite popular. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I, I can't say. I They're um, all over. They um, so we know the owner because we've done the, so many of them. He <laughs> he called my dad, like on the Thursday. The tournament was on the Saturday. Oh, um, so George has got his regular brackets. He's got his two kids brackets, gi and no gi. But there's these two twenty-eight-year-olds, um, blue belts. Would you like to go in it? Sure. <laughs> Um, same not? weight as me, just uh, 28 and 29, and both of them were MMA fighters, I think. And then um, one of them was supposed to get his purple like the next week as well. So I do my kids' divisions and win both of those. And then these two adult fights were tw- like the last fights of the day. Like everyone was done. I was like the last one going. So the I go against this first guy, and... Um, I beat him by an advantage and I'm um, because I had him, he wouldn't pass. I couldn't sweep him. He couldn't pass. I just had him in closed guard the whole time. He wouldn't, he couldn't get out my closed guard and I couldn't sweep him. So I, I just kept throwing up sub attempts and I kept get, racking up advantages for it. So mm. that's how I won. And then the second one, of course him being 28 and me being 15 at the time, he got a little bit pissed off. <laughs> and especially with everybody watching as well, because um, my alliance has like two affiliate schools in the area. So we have a huge, mm-hmm. huge crowd from our team. Everyone's screaming because everyone's so excited that. Um, and then the second fight, I win by two points, I think, because I swept him and he grabbed the footlock, straight ankle lock, and I'm stuck in that for probably like two minutes. And I eventually get out and I get two points for that. And then I stay up on top yeah. for the whole time, and that's how I win. And what, what's going through what's going your, through your mind, if anything, uh, when kind of you got offered that, like the first time you've competed against adults, and kind of uh, are you are you are you fairly relaxed about that, given that you've trained all the time, or was there kind of maybe a slight nervousness? Um, for that one, I was more excited because I was like, I just got my green and black belt. I'm 15. If I lose, it doesn't matter. They're adults. But if I win, I just beat adults. So I was more like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll just go and do it. If it, Whatever happens, happens. I'm excited. Um, and yeah, I just did it. <laughs> and uh, I guess, I mean, that li- led to a, a lot of competing against adults. Um, and obviously you continuing to compete in your regular categories as well. Um and you leading to winning IBJJF tournaments as well and uh, yes. IBJJF medals. Um, and so what's fascinating, so, you know, uh, in kind of from a perspective of UK competitions, one of my favorite things is uh, if I'm not competing is if there are kids matches on to watch some of the kids matches because A, I think they're, because they're usually on around the same term as the white belt adults and watching two teenagers or kids who've been training jujitsu for at least half their life is just you add kind of a level of skill with the speed flexibility agility and just absolutely no fear of kids is just great to watch if we if if Um, some of those kids were the same size as adults they'd be destroying them they would, they would absolutely. And all that runs through my head, which is why I uh, introed you as I did, is I really, I kind of really hope that that kid kind of finds partying stuff and stuff like that when they're a teenager. Because if they come up to my category, I'm going to get absolutely killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what fascinates me is the idea of competing, like what, how it feels to compete at the highest level so you know to win at the highest level of ibjjf tournaments 
as a kid and to compete in those tournaments like how how's what the feelings behind that how is there a kind of is there a sense of is it just quite fun to compete at that level or is there a sense of kind of quite uh significant pressure because of the fact that you are aware of how high level that competition is um i just find the joy in it to be honest like when i competed at worlds like i was just like whoa this is worlds this is crazy that like there's black belt keenan cornelius andre gaval they're all just the stands coaching their coaching their um students it's crazy have how many high level people are there it's but um i just i just enjoy competing like i've done it so much now the nerves are very minimal it's just fun for me now i just enjoy going out there and trying to win and trying to put on a good show um and and i mean obviously taking the win is i'm not there's no point in asking what's more important but do you how much do you value putting on a good show? Um, I mean, I, I've learned to play tactical now as well as putting on a good show. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to stall to win like a world's final, I will. But also putting on a good show is sometimes fun. Cause like if you get, if you hear the crowd going at some, there's something about that. But like, if I'm up in advantage and there's 30 seconds left, and I have this guy in close guard, I'm gonna hold him in close guard for the rest, the rest of the match. Of course. Yeah. If it's a world's final, you're not gonna risk. Yeah, it. I think most What's people do that, and they can't deny that. <laughs> but um. Yeah. And if they have, if they if they do deny it, it's probably because they haven't been in a world's final. Yeah. Well, I haven't either, but I've been in a world's quarterfinal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And kind of when you're when you're in those positions of kind of then switching up, I guess, will you be competing in continuing to compete as a teen uh, in the UK? I'm 18 in January, so I'll be an adult. (laughs) Okay. And uh, are you excited, I guess, to kind of leave, leave the teen competitions aside now? Um, Yeah. And I'm a purple belt now. So 18 purple belt, crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I guess the nice thing is you get to, uh, I think uh, most purple belts in the UK, um, and I guess it'd be the same, you know, when you kind of you training and developing as a jiu-jitsu athlete uh, when you were living in the States is that you you know you know all the people who have come up with you. Um, and so you're kind of coming in with fresh eyes to all of the purple belt competitors. Um you know, you, you, you don't have to kind of think, ah, oh, he's got this game. I need to watch out for this or kind of maybe focus too much on one particular thing for one athlete because you've competed against them a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, I was super blessed to be able to train with some insanely high level people in America. Um, my coach Hoffa, his two best friends are Lucas Lepre and Cabrinha. So, um, and Lucas is only an hour and a half away from my gym, so we'd go up there twice a week for pants training. And um, what uh, you talk about pants training, actually, and it's um, something that I, I didn't think to touch on is that kind of training as a competitor. There's, there's, I think there's so much more available in terms of kind of if if you do want to compete and take it quite seriously, mm-hmm. like the uh, the ability to go to kind of. Uh, if you will, kind of professional training sessions or kind of um, particular competition, things like PANS prep, ADCC prep and things like that. Um, it's something that is only just beginning here. We had a ADCC camp for a particular weight classes. Um, well, at the beginning of whenever lockdowns wasn't a thing, um, but it's not something that is a regular thing now. People just have their own small training camps. So what what's it um what's it like to be able to have the opportunity to do those things in the states? Well, it was crazy. Um, I think I was going up um, to Lucas's in January this year, um, twice a week on Tuesday Thursdays, 
we'd get up at seven to go drive up there for 10 o'clock. And Lucas was actually the one that convinced me to do pans or gave me the idea. I didn't even think about it because I was already doing world. So I was like, I don't know if we can afford to do both. Um, he's like, are you going to yeah. do pans? I'm like, uh, I guess so. I'll talk to my parents <laughs> about it. Um, so I talked to my parents and we like, we figured out a way to be able to afford it. And, uh, and then we just went up, consistently. We're going up there twice a week. Um, just to get absolutely destroyed by him and his black belts and brown belts up there. It was pure misery, but I improved <laughs> massively. I guess, uh, I guess that's one of the things that you, you really have to consider is that uh, you've got, I mean, it's so important. I guess you, you know, you're blessed to have uh, two parents who are really behind you competing and trying to give you as much chance to train and compete as possible. Oh yes, definitely. And uh, in terms of you competing, do you, uh, I'm sure there's been situations, I mean, similar to the, the uh, two blue belts who are a bit miffed about the fact they've just been beaten by a 15-year-old. You've come, uh, there must have been uh, times where you've had kind of parents of people you've competed against um, and the sidelines just kind of cause havoc. It's one of the things that unfortunately comes with um, kids and teens competitions is the um, you have really great or really rubbish parents on the sidelines. Uh, actually, I've never experienced that competing against another kid. Parents getting mad at me. Um, That's great. I just had it working at tournaments. Ah, so you you've refereed at a couple of tournaments. I've only you? refereed once, and that was just a, lo- a okay. local one. But I've run tables before and w- run weigh-ins. You always have to deal with the angry parents. Oh, my kid's not in this division or my kid's in this one. He's not supposed to be. <laughs> it's the, it, uh, I I've, I find it weird when people try and get their, I mean, I'd like to get your perspective on this as well, about kids kind of making weight for things and not just competing at whatever you weigh. Um, I think, yeah, weight classes are good because then it sets more of a, a fairness, especially for kids. Because you can't have a 50-pound kid going against a 150-pound kid. It's just not fair. No, of course. But, like, people kind of – not cutting weight, if you will, but kids trying to, like, mate, make I weight classes yeah. rather than just enter the weight classes. I don't classes think kids should in. cut. They should just go on whatever they're at. Like, if they're 90 pounds and the weight class is 89, maybe – but like if if you it's a eighty five to hundred pound weight class and you're ninety pounds, you should just go with that one. I don't think as a a ten year old kid you should cut weight. It's not healthy. No, not at all. Um, and now I kind of moving on to the future. One of the things that you've uh, just actually just announced and uh, worked with uh, are going to be working with is Rob Nitman, who was a guest on this podcast. Um, and be doing some strength and conditioning with him. Yeah, I'm super excited to have that opportunity. And uh, is it something that you've done before? Is it something that you've kind of felt that you've needed to do since kind of maybe moving towards or making your way towards Purple Belt and things like that and making your way towards adult competition? Um, yeah, I I did a lot of conditioning over in America, I would, for a while, I was just doing regular workouts like twice a week. But then mm-hmm. my gym got these super high-tech machines. They're um, called ARX. They're these computerized resistance machines. So it's um, there's two machines, all computer-based, that you would sit on. And then one was all legs and then one was all arms. So the arms one, you can do pull-downs where when you pull, you it resists you and then when it comes up or when it raises up you have to resist it and pull it down so you're getting a full body workout in like 10 minutes because it's all it's all max effort um for short amount of time so you're frying your muscles and getting the max amount of workout in short amount of time so it's really time um what's the word time saving time consuming no, it's time saving. Oh, time saving. Time yeah, saving. Not the opposite. Yeah, time saving. <laughs> it's great. So you can, you don't, you don't have to take much time out of your day to do it, and it gets pretty much the same results as doing a an hour workout in fifteen minutes. And I, I've put on like fifteen pounds of muscle since doing those. Since I was started it in, 
I did it all over quarantine in America. I did it from March till the time I moved. So I've put on a lot of muscle doing that those machines. And uh, is it something that you find interesting or it's like something that you, you you seem quite passionate about or you seem to have quite an interest in terms of um your kind of well physical health if you will or your kind of conditioning and your strength and conditioning as part of jujitsu it's definitely important to have good cardio and um be at the peak of your fitness to compete especially at the high levels because you, you don't want to be one minute left down on two you don't want to be um, gassed out, no energy to try to score back or submit. You got to have that little bit yeah. extra push. And uh, is that something that has been em- kind of put emphasis on in the kind of the gyms that you've trained in? Trained at? Um, yeah, my coach Hoffer was very, very adamant about his. <laughs> uh, we, we always laugh. Um, his his coaching in tournaments is a lot of don't stop or don't accept it. <laughs> That's his, a lot of his <laughs> coaching in tournaments. I love it. Um, we, uh, his famous, he, he's a very good coach. He, um, he's very, very adamant about um, screaming at you. Um, but his favorite thing to say is don't accept it, which that um, I think that's a very, very good thing to say. Cause like his, his meaning behind it is like, if you're about to get your guard pass, don't, don't let it happen. Or, they're trying yeah. to sweep you, do everything you can to not let it happen, which I think is a very, very good thing to say. It's very motivating. Yeah, that kind of pushing that ethos in uh, in, in the way that you compete, in the mentality that you compete is uh, something that can't be undervalued. Sorry, you broke up for the first thing you said. I didn't understand what you said. Oh, I was going to say that that, eth- that ethos that you have, um, that ethos that's kind of, you know, pushed in competition sometimes, uh, as well as kind of the technical aspects of coaching on the sidelines is kind of pushing that mentality for people. Um, if they switch off people, sometimes you see sometimes people switch off in tournaments. And so that when they, uh, if you're pushing that mentality of kind of don't accept it and just kind of keep working, keep working, it, uh, it can switch people back on or really just keep them going mentally. Yeah, I for a long the longest time I was um when I would compete I just wouldn't listen to anything. I just zoned in tournament. I just even if anyone was screaming at me, I just didn't hear what they were saying. But uh, as time went on, I tuned my hearing to his voice at tournaments. So it it just I could just hear him even if I was completely concentrating on what was going on. And so uh obviously you so you're doing this uh, kind of strength and conditioning work um and is there any particular kind of goals or ambitions that you have for next year? Is there a particular amount of tournaments? You said that you wanted to compete at Euros. That was a particular ambition of yours. But are there any, any other things that you kind of, you really want to get, uh, kind of do? Um, I definitely, Euros is one. Hopefully it happens. I'm really hoping it does. Um, if Worlds or Pans happens in America, I'm going to go back and do that. Um, but, um, course i'll just do any tournaments that pop up i can hopefully do i i'm sad that um abu dhabi was cancelled that was supposed to be in london in february i was going to do that i was super excited but that's been cancelled already and i i i guess it's it's just a matter of kind of a bit of a waiting game um but that does give you an opportunity to get settled in your gym in your new gym at stealth and to also kind of see what's out there in terms of competitions and competitors in the UK. It seems like everybody competes at stealth. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to, <laughs> to have a, a family to go compete with. Cause like at my gym, even uh, though I we're get, a competition is that, is that some... team. Sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, go carry on. Uh, so saying um, it's, it would be, it's nice to have a, a, a team to go compete with like a big group like in my old gym even though we're a competition team we only have like five or six people go to a tournament at a time i mean this is nice but a big big group is something really cool to have and in terms of just the general logistics of a competition as well um you know if there's if there's only two of you competing two or three of you competing and you've got you know four people spread across 
like a number of mats suddenly just the logistical of having someone in your corner or making sure that everyone's supported is really difficult whereas if there's loads if you know if there's more of more of you it's just easier in terms of just the everyday well the like nature of the tournament anyway yeah it's definitely nice to have a, a massive group come and then if you win the team trophy as well it makes it cool as well having everybody win come home with golds and so kind of is is invitationals anything that you've done before when it comes to competing um i've only done one invitational i yeah just one invitational and um, because it's something that um is growing more and more we're finding that there are more regional invitationals as well as the big shows such as polaris um and grapple fest we have kind of smaller regional invitational shows that really promote um the kind of the people who may not be the prodigies if you will the people who uh are really on the cusp of competing at the highest level and are already and still beating people at the highest level but are just kind of making their way up um is that something that you'd be interested in competing in gi or no gi Oh yeah, definitely. If I if anyone sends me a message about doing a tournament, I'll probably do it. <laughs> um well, moving on, I think uh one of the things I wanted to ask you was how how you felt about uh footlocks changing cuz you in the IBJJF tournaments because you touched on the fact that obviously you want to improve your footlock game. Um, but one of the major changes that has happened recently is um, the fact that heel hooks have been added. I know they've been added at the highest level, but is that something that you're quite excited about? I think they should have been legalized a long time ago. Like, especially a brown belt. Like, if if you're a brown belt, you know when to tap to a heel hook. Like, if you don't, you're stupid. Um, <laughs> so I think they should have been added in a long time ago. So I mean, it's part of the game. You can't deny it. I may not be the biggest fan of it, but it's it's part of jiu-jitsu, so you got to learn it. Or at least learn exactly. the defenses. <laughs> yeah, and then and then even if you're not interested in doing them yourself, at least you know that you can kind of deal with them. Yeah, that's that's my main goal, is just to be able to stop them. But um, okay. I, uh, I'm starting to enjoy the uh, uh, offense of it now, so I might do it. You, you you'll see you'll have a taste and if it if it if you're interested you might give it a i go. still like my my gi the warmth of my pajamas <laughs> well it's definitely colder over exactly. here so i think it suits the climate a bit more <laughs> i'm not looking forward to training um, super cold oh no it's it's it just means that you put more effort into the warm-up because you really want to warm yeah. up quickly um so uh in terms of wrestling uh, and and the kind of stand-up element to jiu-jitsu, um, one of the things that I'm envious of is that uh, in the US, obviously, there's, you know, wrestling is part of the collegiate system. It's part of kind of, it's one of the major sports in the UK, uh, in the US, shall I say. Um, is it something that you have dabbled in or just tried or is kind of a significant part of your training uh i absolutely hate wrestling you absolutely <laughs> hate it i did one season of wrestling at my high school hated it i i just did it and, um, i hated it and as being the jujitsu guy at our high school i'm 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 intrigued now i'm kind of looking thinking about like all of the kind of films set in high schools and you obviously got the jocks and stuff like that what is it being like the jiu-jitsu guy at, uh, at high school everyone because everyone's like have you wrestled before i'm like nope never and everyone's like how are you so good at wrestling i'm like i swear i've never <laughs> done wrestling before because like i would my wrestling per se wasn't great but my once i got on the ground i was good like um my game with wrestling when i was doing uh tournaments i just let them take me down and then reverse it and try to pin them <laughs> or i just sprawl on their their shot and just try to reverse and put them down i would never shoot because my shots sucked <laughs> so i would just play the counter game but um i was surprising people because one I've, my wrestling wasn't that great but once i got on the ground I, they didn't know what to do because i 
my get my understanding of the ground game was more was better than theirs for sure. Yeah, those those kind of dogfight positions where you end up in once you've spoiled on someone, um, you're able to really kind of uh, play your game, if you will. Yeah, and uh, one time I it was a I think it was at my school. It was a home home match. Um, I got a guy in mount and I pinned him from mount, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm trying to pin him." <laughs> That's probably the only time that someone's got a mountain in a, uh, in a wrestling. Everyone tournament. was confused. We're like, "Hey, it works!" So I got, I got the win. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's about getting the win, uh, and you know, exactly. at least you're just kind of. You, it's great advertising for your gym as well. Everyone was interested uh, with the jujitsu side. Everyone was intrigued of like what we do. Like people like are starting to know about it more now. But then it was this was like three years ago, so it was a bit less, more, uh, bit less, bit less known. But people ish knew what it was, and they were somewhat interested. Yeah, I guess it. Uh, people are more likely to kind of maybe ask questions about it now um, if they hear about it, rather than just cold like, okay, cool, it's just some mysterious martial art i won't bother kind of i'm not really interested yeah i got a few of my friends from wrestling to come to jiu-jitsu and i showed them jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu instead of wrestling and they're like god this is this is a lot different <laughs> did you manage to uh convert them um i think one of my friends that i got to know through school he wrestles i think he's actually going to sign up at my gym pretty soon oh nice what is you've got one on the board then uh yeah i think he uh i think he's gonna be at jiu-jitsu soon which i'm excited about but i'm not there anymore sadly yeah well it, it, it's also quite i i I've, it's quite fascinating watching people who've wrestled competitively um switching to jiu-jitsu as well just kind of um less so about the techniques they bring to the game and more about the mentality and the physicality of wrestling that they bring to jiu-jitsu yeah we at my gym we had so many high level wrestlers um we had this one guy his name's carl um he, I think he wrestled in college. He's also a pro MMA fighter. Um, <laughs> he's 200 odd pounds over six foot. And, um, yeah, that's, um, his wrestling is insane. He'd, he'd come to our gym every now and then and show us some stuff. I guess when it, when it comes to having a role with him, it's just like, I'm just going to end up on the floor. In Gi, I did all right. I, in Gi, I could do, <laughs> I could deal with him. Um, but no Gi, it's a bit more difficult. Once I'm on the ground, it's fine. Just, I, I don't even try standing up with him because there's no point. His, <laughs> his, his thighs are the size of like two. <laughs> so like his, he, getting him to even move his legs is a pain. I just instantly sit. Just yeah, just sometimes it's in in that situation, maybe pulling guard is 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 truly best. Yeah, definitely. But there's this other guy at my gym. His he's only a blue belt though. His, his name's Taylor. He um, his game. He's a really good wrestler. He wrestled in college as well. Um, he his game of wrestling is baiting. So he'll let you try to single like him by just. He'll lean back and have his front leg just like really exposed, is like inviting you to single mm-hmm. leg him, and then he'll do some flip motion and take you back off of it. Nice, super annoying. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's annoying because they're just dangling it in front of you, and you're like, it, it'd be wrong not to take this. Yeah, and even if you do get the single leg on him, he'll just reverse you. <laughs> so. Uh... Kind of now we're, uh, I mean, I think we've knocked out already an hour. Um, but uh, one of the things that um, I wanted to touch on while I've got you on is um, how, how, like, you're kind of the people you look up to. Um, as as an adult, you enter jiu-jitsu, um, you're kind of immediately shown maybe the people who in your country or your region and then wider. Um, kind of you know the, or you you kind of get oh well these are the best people in the world and the uk etc etc um and then you start to kind of grow your preferences and who you look up to people's styles that you like um 
for you, who are the people, ha- have the people changed that you've looked up to you as you've grown? And are there, who are the people that you kind of look up to now in terms of uh, competitors or coaches that you kind of want to be like or kind of you respect? Um, of course, my coach from America, Hoffa, he did everything. He did so much for me. Um, and then Lucas, of course, he did a lot for me to help me. And have you heard of Conor DeAngelis? Mm, very faintly. He um, he won blue and purple belt worlds. He's a brown belt under Keenan. Or he got his black brown belt mm-hmm. from Andre. Uh, he's under Keenan mm-hmm. now. He's He was the best purple belt in the world at a time. Um, he's one of my good friends. He He's helped me out a lot as well. So those three people have really constructed my game into what it is now. And uh, is there, uh, are there people that, um, uh, do you, uh, actually, let me think about how to phrase this. Uh, is there, when you're competing as a kid and in teens, do you look to, do you, were you finding that you were looking to adults in terms of who you wanted to emulate or were you looking at other teen competitors or kids competitors? Um, when I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't really care who I wanted. I just wanted to do what I was doing. I mean, yeah. Um, now I don't really look to be anyone. I just take pe- pieces from people. Um, I do like Connor's style. His style is very uh, smash and very—he's a very athletic smasher. If that makes sense, like he'll yeah. move, 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 and then once he gets that one spot, he will not move. He'll yeah. he'll smash and cl- uh, clamp down, which I feel like my game is very athletic but i my i need to learn i've gotten better at it but my I'm, i need to get better at stopping and stopping in the right spot cuz my my guard passing is very athletic and relentless but sometimes i'll fail by um moving too much mm. just not 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 um not picking that right moment to just completely clamp down yes. you know pin those legs trap those legs yeah definitely and uh when when you're kind of you you obviously you your your unrelenting nature is something that you want to continue on and the fit looks are something that you want to improve is there anything else that you'd want to kind of maybe nick or learn or borrow the from people um that you want to or is there anything that uh maybe you want to kind of change um I, there's nothing I can think of right now. I'd have to, of course, train with the people at Stealth and realize what they're doing better than me or what I'm doing that's working with them that's not working with them. Because, of course, everyone's style in England is going to be way different than people's styles in America. What I do, what I, uh, my game might not work against people at Stealth because their game's completely different. So I, I might have to figure out, um, I might have to make a new game over here or adapt a bit or do something different. So that's why I'm excited to figure out i think it'd be cool to check in maybe in like well depending on how uh how things develop in the uk in terms of people training and competing again um it'd be cool to check in in like six months to just see what your thoughts are uh after kind of getting in a solid amount of time training and hopefully a few competitions as well yeah that'd be that'd be cool i'm really excited to compete (laughs) Yeah, we can do like George's update on kind of uh, what the what his what your kind of U- UK adaptations have been. Yeah, def- that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're coming up to the end, and one of the things that we do uh, with all our guests is uh, like a quick fire round. Um, so really easy questions, just to kind of get a sense of uh get a sense of you and also it's just kind of a bit of fun um so if you're happy to should we get give it a go sure. cool so the first one is really easy and it's my one of the faves is acai yay or nay oh of course of course yeah i love it all the trimmings um uh i like it with granola pe- uh, peanut butter honey and um coconut on top Nice. I'm very jealous that it's much, I'm sure it's much easier to get the dried peanut butter cubes um, in the States than it is over here. Uh, I just get uh, just 
get a, a part of peanut butter and just get my spoon and then just gl- uh, glob it over my acai. <laughs> but there was a there was nice. there was a, a shopping mall five minutes from my gym that had an acai shop in there. So I'd go, we'd go there a lot. We go there a lot after trading and get, it's like 10, it's $10 though. It's expensive, but it's delicious. That I think that's the biggest issue is you kind of, the expense is just too easy to put aside because of how nice it is. It's so good. (laughs) Um, IBJJF or ADCC? Um, That's tough. I don't know. I mean, I've not done at ADCC yet, but I'd have to go with IBJJF because I've done more, of course. Is there is there something that I guess ADCC gets held as kind of they both get held high as like the pinnacle of competing? One, you know, more so no gi obviously for ADCC, but is there one that uh, you feel that if you had won, you you'd feel like you are the very top? Or is it both you match kind of balance equally? I think I was Jeff Worlds and ADCC Nogi Worlds is pretty much equivalent. I think if you've won both, you you deserve ultimate respect. Uh okay. Uh favorite submission. Uh loop choke. Nice. Uh so pull guard or shoot for takedown. I feel like I already know the answer for this one. Definitely pull guard. Definitely full guard. Um, so uh, you've heard. You, I'm sure you're aware of the squads tournament and squads format that Polaris have done and Quintet and things like that. Uh, yeah, um, fl- uh, Fight to Win did it as well. Yeah, Fight to Win have done it as well. I thought um, that was really so cool. If you were to, I think it's it's it, it's one of the best things to have come out of jujitsu competition, high level jujitsu competition, in a long time in terms of drawing in a crowd and kind of adding an an extra element of it that kind of brings in maybe people who don't necessarily watch jujitsu a lot i'd like to give it a go yeah it looks really interesting so if you were to make your dream squad so you can have anyone you can have people like like the highest level of competitors um so you got well let's say five people um who, who what's your dream squad um andre Gaval. Uh, Lucas Lepre, mm-hmm. Cabrinha, um, my coach Hoffa. Uh, is that f- f- five including me as well, or is there somebody else? So you can add yourself or not add yourself. It's down to it's down to you. Uh, um, I'll add Felipe Andrew to it. Nice. Uh, uh, so, and one of the <laughs> uh, next question is: If someone to play you in a movie, who would it be, and what would what kind of movie would oh, it be? Oh no, I don't have no clue. <laughs> I've never <laughs> actually thought about that, so I, I don't even know. I guess it's I guess it's down to. I mean, I feel like there's got to be kind of kinds of plenty of movies that are about traveling to a new country. It it could be it could be like maybe it could be about like uh, like a kind of karate kid if he went and competed <laughs> overseas. It'd be a comedy though because I like to have a laugh. Do you do you stay uh, interestingly? Do you stay quite relaxed pre competition? Oh yeah, definitely. My dad gets more stressed out than I do. <laughs> I think I think that that that's kind of the standard for all. Like I I I feel like you have to be more stressed out than your kids yeah. when it's uh when when you you you're your kids competing. He he's more nervous than I am at times. <laughs> Are you telling him to chill out? Yes, I I, I do a lot actually. <laughs> um, just get a, like just go get an acai, dad. Chill yeah. out. Um, and the final question is. If you were to describe jiu-jitsu in one sentence, how would you describe it? Amazing. Just amazing. Amazing. I like that. It's to the point. It's just the point. That's it. It'll, it'll, it'll always be amazing. Yep, that's it. It's amazing. Um, I guess you could do it life-changing <laughs> as well. Cool. Amazing and life-changing. Yeah. I guess, uh, I mean... For you, I'm just jealous that you've had amaz- you've had this amazing thing for longer than you'll be able to have it for longer than most people. Yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing and life-changing. 
Um, cool. Well, thank you very for coming. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I'm really, I am genuinely fascinated about. Well, a just, I'd love to kind of see you at competition and just to watch you compete over here, but also just kind of to get your take on the. Maybe let's check in in like six months or something, um, and see what competing and training over here uh, has been like for you and the transition for that. Yeah, definitely. That sounds good. And uh, and people can check you out. Uh, is it George Likeski or George or George Likeski? George Likeski. That's my Instagram. George Likeski on Instagram. Um, uh, to kind of see you train and compete and to follow your journey. Yes. Please follow. Awesome. Well, thank. Yeah. So uh, please uh, please follow and thank you very much for coming on, George. Thank you very much. Uh, can I say one thing? Of course. Of I course. am looking for sponsorships because um, I just moved here as well. Um, okay. If, if anyone wants to message me, just message me on Instagram. That'd be great. Well, we'll we'll put your Instagram handle uh, in the bio of this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are, there's loads of companies coming out of the UK and growing more and more. Um, so hopefully we can get some people that uh, can check you out um, because, I mean, you got it all, George. All you need is uh, all you need is those leg locks, and yeah, you're the full package, right? That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much, George, and uh, you look after thank yourself. Thank you. You too.